Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Hmm. Today is Monday, September 2nd, Labor Day here in the U.S., also in Canada, I understand. Only they spell it with a U, but I asked Kelly Robson, my Canadian source of all things, uh, what holiday it was for them, and she said Labor Day. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Ow, ow, ow. Shit. Excuse me. I just stepped in several Choya landmines. I'm wearing my sandals. And this first time I've been out to the... Ow, damn it. Jeez. <laughs> I haven't been out to the uh, arbor. And I thought, oh, I'll come out here and start getting my... Uh, getting it cleaned up again from my pack rat buddy who has clearly strewn the path with Joya landmines. Let's see, what do I need? I need a rake. Let's go get a rake. Dang it. I got some on the sides of my bombs of my sandals here so they went on the sides of my shoe. Poke my foot when I step down. Yeah, I don't know if the uh, the house guests who love, love, loved our house, house setters. Um, okay, there's a big rake. I don't think they spent much time out in the grape arbor. They may have just spent all their time out on the front patio because the views there really are spectacular. It's all about your mood, right? So I told them to how to clean up the Toya Bears and so forth, but I could tell Packrat's been out here. I knew it anyway. You're going to have to excuse the uh, raking noises, but I'm not going to be able to get in here without raking this away first. The Toya Bears kind of blend in with the gravel, so it's not like it makes an... not like I can pick my way around them. Isn't that funny that the pack rats do that, though? They fetch those choya burrs and bring them in, use them as a, as a tool. Okay. I thought all I was going to have to do was come over here and get my little hand broom and use that to sweep off the patio. But no, I miscalculated. I guess that's a point for... Madam Packrat, huh? <clears throat> What's interesting is, is I know she goes, you know, I'll, sometimes I'll like just pitch these things over the adobe wall as I'm talking. I need to stop doing that because like, here's that little mashed up dead bird that she had left out here once before that I pitched over the wall. She clearly went and fetched it. So, those of you who were chortling in amusement at what Pack Rat would do in my absence, you can be well and truly amused, because, boy, this is... If I'd realized how bad it was, I would have cleaned it up before I started talking to you guys. But, now you get to be part of my, my joy, my daily life. You know, I was reading a book <laughs> where 
the heroine had to prick her thumb with a knife for a drop of blood. And, the, you know, the guy says, oh, here, we need a drop of your blood. You know, when hands with the knife says, oh, here, we need some of your blood. And uh, he says, you know, not deep. You don't have to do deep. We just need a drop. And uh, so she does it, pricks her thumb and hands it back. And he takes the drop of, drop of blood and seals the contract. And <laughs> I was thinking about that, thinking, you know, that it's actually really hard to poke yourself. Oh, there's a toy I missed. I just stepped on. There we go. Maybe I won't put away this broom yet until I can concentrate. Just come and sit down here. Anyway, it's, it's not that easy to just poke yourself and draw blood. You know, like it's, oh, hey, I'll just do this and hand it back. Uh, you know, I know they were just sort of author-wise just trying to get through that particular point in the scene. But it was, uh, I mean, I have been a, a lab TA in my misspent youth. And we would do the, um, the hematocrit. So you would prick your finger and then put the glass tube against it. And the capillary action of the glass tube draws up enough blood. And then you spin it and you do the hematocrit. Which was always fun to do in Laramie, Wyoming. Because you could demonstrate how people who live at altitude, we were at 7,200 feet there, People who live at altitude have more red blood cells to help uh, carry blood oxygen to the the body. <clears throat> so it's way above normal. So it was always a fun experiment to do. But pricking people's fingers was not so easy. And a lot of people had to have someone else do it for them. Some people couldn't do it at all. So, and I thought it was interesting because this particular heroine is not a super tough heroine who would be good at that sort of thing. And so it stood out to me that she just sort of did this without hesitation. I don't know what made me think of that. Something about the choya burrs. Oh, I think it was because I'm so used to stepping on these choya burrs that while it's painful, it is painful. And they've got these little barbs on them, kind of... um like cat tongues have that reverse so that uh, when you pull them out, it actually stings worse than going in. But I guess I'm used to it now. It still stings and makes me curse. <laughs> but especially when it's a surprise, which I guess it almost always is, right? I'm pulling them out of the bottoms of my sandals now. It's hard to pull them out without poking your own finger, too. So, well, well, we'll award that battle to the pack rat, but I will win the war. I'm going to start bagging up this stuff and throwing it away, putting it in the trash so that I'm at least not thoughtfully piling her ammunition on the other side of the wall for her. I'm also thinking that this climbing hydrangea on the wall of the secret garden, it's been here since we've moved in, and I've never done anything with it. It's a grapevine. It's blooming now. It's beautiful. But it's got a lot of dead undergrowth. And it's the vine's alive, and so it's all alive on top, but then all nasty and un dead underneath. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. But... So I haven't ever dealt with it. 
because I haven't been sure exactly what to do, but I'm starting to think that what I need to do is just cut the whole thing down and let it uh, grow again from the bottom or maybe cut it down to just major branches. But I think I'm going to have to take off all the top, all the living stuff, right, so I can clear out all the dead stuff underneath. So if anybody has experience with climbing hydrangeas, I believe that's what this is called. Please let me know. That's why I've always been told it's called. And when I told somebody else that, they said, no, that can't possibly be right. I was like, I don't know. that's what I was told. <laughs> um, it's probably some sort of clematis. It's a vine, anyway, with white flowers. But it's not clematis paniculata. I know this because... I have a Clematis paniculata that I planted, and I'll take a photo of it because it's blooming so beautifully and it's so fragrant. And we had one of those on my uh, the house I grew up in, in Denver. And it was another thing that was there when we moved in, and we never knew what it was. And it just grew and grew and grew, and it was right by our back patio. And every year it would bloom right about on my birthday at the end of August. And so we always called it the birthday vine. So I finally figured out what it was and planted my, my own birthday vine here in Santa Fe just a couple of years ago. And now I'm very happy to say that it is blooming. Um, Oops. I was just noticing that one of the emitters has popped out. Wish me luck walking over here. Yeah, popped out of this plant. There you go. I wonder why that one keeps popping out. I suspect dastardly deeds. <laughs> Pack rat deeds. There we go. Yeah, that um, impatient really prodigiously wilted because the emitter popped out. That's been the main casualty of the... House sitters is that the emitters popped away from plants in a few places, and boy, those plants just die. It's hard to get people to pay attention to that, you know. Otherwise, the garden looks very pretty. <clears throat> Here comes David. Bye. He's heading out to drive for the day. He just waved and left. So I'm going to change up my schedule some. It's been really nice waking up early. And I'm trying to retain as much of that as possible. I did sleep longer today. I slept until about 5, which I think is reasonable. I'm going to see if I can stay in the habit of waking up at 5. try to get most of my work done before noon, before lunchtime. Um, that would be really nice if I could. And I'm going to, um, if I can get the writing done in the morning. I'm sort of um, consolidating and figuring out what I'm going to be doing for the next several months. Um, oh, here he comes back again. Oh. He's probably bringing Jackson out here. So 
it was good to have that time away to get out of my routine. That's a great thing that vacation does, um, that travel does is it disrupts your routines and habits. Um, and, in good and bad ways, sure, um, to some extent, but also in good ways because it allows you to rebuild those habits in a thoughtful and considered way. And so I am really trying to retain this habit of waking up earlier. That, that works well for me. I'm going to wake up in the morning, um, not check my phone. That's a big thing is to not check my phone right away. I've I leave it in my office charging, but I need to not look at it and go right to exercise. So I think I'm going to try to do that first hour of just wake up, get dressed, exercise, and then go write for an hour. Go directly into writing for an hour. Uh, I know a lot of people do this and have um, found that it's very effective if you can get that first hour of writing in before doing anything else. Because you all know I track what I do every day. And certainly this year, I've really gotten to the point where I, you know, on average, start writing around nine. And for me, I feel like that's just too late. If I'm going, especially if I'm going to do three one-hour sprints with like 20-minute breaks between, then that really takes me into afternoon. And sometimes that last hour is good and sometimes not. So if I can get an hour of writing done... And then I'm going to do the podcast, check the internet, do all that stuff, then do two or three more one-hour sprints. Did you hear that? I sort of snuck in there that, yeah, I'm going to see if I could try to do a, a fourth hour. <laughs> I know, I know, but I feel like I should be able to do this if I manage it correctly. We'll see. We'll see. I hear you. I hear you. Um uh, but I'm, I'm definitely at a turning point right now. Uh, we are going out on sub with the new Shiny probably this week. Sarah's reading the final version today, and I know she wants to go out. Uh, if I get a really good book deal on this, then I won't look for a day job. But if the book deal isn't doesn't come in at the number that I need, then I'm going to look for a day job. And so I'm going to try to see if I can get a day job that starts at like 10 in the morning would be ideal. So I'm trying to set up my schedule so I can write for a few hours in the morning before driving in for the day job. I am also considering, and I think I should, uh, I want to set up an author coaching service. And I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to do this. I'm not sure how to bill it out. I guess I should look at what other people are doing. I talked to Sarah about this because I was thinking about um, offering to be a book doctor. And she had concerns about, especially if I gave people advice on books in my own genre, that I can eventually be accused of stealing somebody else's work when this does happen. You know, even if I don't do, you know, obviously I wouldn't steal anyone else's work, but, you know, there are so many ideas that are universal in storytelling that um, it would be fairly easy to accuse me of it. And even if somebody couldn't prove it, it would still cause all sorts of disruption. And I think she has a valid point there. Also, I don't mind book doctoring if a book is in pretty good shape, but if it's... um in terrible shape, then it becomes a real chore for me. And I'm, 
I just, uh, I don't want to use that mental energy that way. But uh, she suggested author coaching instead, which is definitely something I do um, a lot for free, uh, which, you know, is important to me. I, I do try to pay it forward. I was just on a call with a, a friend of a friend yesterday giving her advice, and I was happy to do it. And she said, you know, if there's any ever anything I can do for you. And I said, well, my release is coming out <laughs> September 24th. If you could talk it up, that'd be great. And she said, send me a link. And so I said, sure. Uh, but I think that that could be fun, that I could offer author coaching services, you know, giving people advice on how to proceed and all of that kind of thing. And that would be possibly some decent income. So I'm going to see about getting that set up, and then we'll just see what kind of a book deal I get. It, it all depends on, you know, when you get the offer, you know, like so much money for so many books, and you get half of it right away. Well, more or less right away, as soon as the contract's signed. But I, if, if it's enough money, then we can, we can get by. Otherwise, it's a day job city for me. And apparently, the thing to do is get on LinkedIn. I was having lunch and margaritas with Mika Mulry on uh, Friday. I, it was one of the first things I did when I got back was saying, I'm back. And she's like, thank God. <laughs> It was really nice to hang out with her. We had not seen each other since I left in July, and it just felt like a really long time. So, you know, we met at uh, Coyote Cantina and had margaritas and lunch, and that was lovely. But that's what she said is that you have, because she always sees all these job openings pop up in Santa Fe on LinkedIn. And I'm like, really? Really? LinkedIn? And she said, yeah, I know. And she said, but actually, I don't mind LinkedIn because it's, I think they fixed that early thing. I don't know if you guys remember back in the dawn of the internet, the dark ages <laughs> when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Um, when LinkedIn first started up, they did this thing that if you registered for LinkedIn, somehow it would like grab every single email contact you had and would send them an invitation to join you on LinkedIn. And you couldn't it was very difficult to control. Some people managed to control it, but it was like a default option that you had to go in and take away. And it really, um, I mean, there was, I think I finally stopped getting them. But for a long time, I was still getting LinkedIn invitations, you know, like from people I barely knew, you know, like people I was in Zonta with or something, you know, and saying, oh, well, Emily Romero is still waiting for you to answer her invitation to LinkedIn. I'm like, no, I'm, I know Emily Romero does not care. <laughs> so anyway, LinkedIn got a very bad rep for a while, and we would make snarky comments about it. You know, when people talk about um, value for, you know, the different social media sites, how much we use them, you know, and the, the standard response was uh, to, like, um, MySpace Live Journal and LinkedIn was really they're still there, <laughs> but apparently Megan says LinkedIn is good. She said because it's only about the business stuff, and she said so. She actually doesn't get any other social media crap from them, and she appreciates that. And the job postings are good. She said you put in your creds and everything, and then it just starts sending you the job postings, and people can search for you. So yeah, I feel like this is a. Uh, uh, but the younger Jeffy would be appalled that I'm considering creating a LinkedIn account. Alas, alas for that younger Jeffy. 
who was so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, could be that I'll uh, break into the big money soon, but otherwise, could go either way. And could be that the job would only be for a little while until the big money comes in, right? The George R. R. Martin money. Actually, I would settle for, like, the Dorinda Jones money or the... I would really love to have the Sarah J. Moss money. That'd be good. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. So, today is going to be about more businessy things. I'm starting to do promo for Orchid Throne, as I'm sure you guys can tell. I have to start writing, answering interviews and doing some guest posts. And Sarah is probably going to be sending me some tweaks and stuff. I expect to be going back and forth with her today since she's planning to work on that. And Oh, and I've got to do the financial stuff. I've got to get all the financial stuff cut up. I plowed through a lot of business yesterday, so that was great. And today is more business, and I'm not starting in on writing anything because I'm waiting for, I, I want to be open for Sarah's input, and then I need to finish line edits on Fiery Crown. And then it's back to Fate of the Tala. Pretty exciting stuff. So, that's me. I'm going to get to it. It's so nice to sit here in the grape arbor in the secret garden with the flowers and the cool air and the morning light and talk with you all again. Um, it's even kind of fun to battle with my pack wrap. So hope you all have a wonderful day off if it is a day off for you or a work day for you. If it is, I hope you are creative and productive and knock everything out of the park. And I hope that your lipstick lines stay perfect and don't bleed, crisp and smooth and cool, and that everybody stays out of your path. Go get those things done. I'll talk to you all later. Bye-bye.